Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Paramilitary organizations. Who could have seen it coming? Not Anybody me. who maybe was Mormon, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Uh, yes, today we are here to discuss um, the Mormon fights, uh, the Mormon lifestyle, as well as uh, the, 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 you know, that sacred place that Mormons, that all Mormons go, which in my experience has been the uh, theater department at every high school. Um, so we've got a great episode for you. I'm very excited for it. Before we get into it, I just want to mention, if you want to help support the show, patreon.com slash cult podcast, air horn noise here. Uh, um, <laughs> and hey, if you want to see me live in Europe, I'm there right now. Go to www.mondodoesstuff.com. Dot com and that's not two www's i just for i thought i said like four w's i don't know man my brain's at like 40 percent right now i'm so tired after this i'm gonna go cook some salmon and watch uh the final episode of stranger thing jake's making me steak right now and then i'm gonna Ooh. keep playing horizon forbidden west oh i'm so jealous uh mm. so you know what why don't we get into this episode and uh get to those steaks Hello. 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 I don't know why you all have guns. Hi, hello. <laughs> For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us, we have plates. Plates. We still or got them. We? Oh. No, we don't. The, the angel took them. Allegedly. You almost said aliens. I mean, that makes more sense to me. <laughs> oh, no. Bigfoot stole my plates. Yeah, he needs them to eat on. What was that old... What was that old like news thing that they would put at like grocery store checkouts that was like um, cryptids and ufology and like all that weird shit? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Weekly World News. Weekly World News. Or National Enquirer? Uh, I think it's National Enquirer is the one that I'm remembering specifically. But I remember reading the headlines off of that and just being like, whoa, mermaid wow. found in Seattle. <laughs> like, whoa. And I, I remember thinking like, I, I know that I've spent most of the series being like, how could people be so stupid? But five year old Armando would see those in the checkout line and be like, why is no one reporting this? Yeah. Bat boy is real. And it's just that same picture of him every time of like. I swear to, yeah, Bat Boy was on the cover of the National Enquirer, I swear to God, like, every single issue. Yeah, yeah. They were, like, he was their bread and butter. He was their Jennifer Aniston. Oh, absolutely. I remember when my mom would make me choose between a piece of candy and National Enquirer. <laughs> and now I know why I'm a true crime podcaster. <laughs> 
poor bat boy can't find a man will she ever have children <laughs> but yeah this whole story so far has sounded like a it's read like an article from the national Enquirer, and i am taking it a hundred percent to heart i truly believe he had those plates i truly believe those angels took them away i think that jesus christ came to america and was a white man absolutely of course so let's get into our sources for this episode then. Like, mm-hmm. let's jump right on into it. Uh, again, we have No Man Knows My History by Fawn Brody and Rough Stone Rolling by Richard Bushman. We also have Joseph Smith's writings on his own life. Uh, we also have the American National Biography Association's biography on Joseph Smith. And we have All Things Liberty, uh, their article on being tarred and feathered. So are we ready to get into it? Yes, and uh, backup source, we have the National Enquirer. Uh, who is Batboy fucking? You'll yeah. never guess. It was Robert Pattinson. What? Yeah, apparently is that's it because how they he... have the same pointy teeth? Yeah, <laughs> and the same body type, actually. Is that uh, what happened when Robert Pattinson put all that foil in his own microwave during that video? <laughs> yeah, you can't blame him for not knowing how microwaves work. He's a bat, boy. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, he was, I should say, Robert Pattinson was Batboy, and then he grew up, and then he became Batman, so. Yeah, is Zoe Kravitz jealous of Robert Pattinson's relationship with Batboy? (laughs) Is she, though? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so, when we left off. They had published the Book of Mormon uh-huh. um, with Batboy giving the acknowledgments at the beginning <laughs> and Werewolf it's, Girl writing the foreword. It's just four pages of Wee! <laughs> <laughs> and then just Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kill Batboy, please! Wee! <laughs> For four pages. It's crazy. Um. But if you flip the pages fast enough, it's sonar. You can like hear it like. <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be like one of those Captain Underpants animations where when you flip it fast <laughs> it, enough. It just flaps. Yeah. You can see Robert Pattinson fucking Batboy from the back. Pay I good money like for this. that. Pay good money for that. You can either have a candy or you can see Robert Pattinson balls deep in Batboy. And, and I I'm think just, you know what I'm going to choose. And then I'm just throwing a Reese's Pieces across the store because obviously I want the <laughs> National Enquirer, mama. Kind of like the way Batboy's throwing that ass back at Edward Cullen. <laughs> He's throwing ass. Edward's catching it. Oh. Anyway. Uh. When we left off, they'd published the Book of Mormon and organized themselves into a church, but people were not necessarily happy about it because a lot of people had already been conned by Joseph Smith and they didn't soon forget. So April 6th, 1830, they formally organized what they called at the time the Church of Christ and then organized additional small branches so they've got one in palmyra pennsylvania which is where joseph smith conned a lot of people uh they have one in fayette and then one in colesville new york and the book of mormon becomes kind of regionally famous but there's a lot of people who remember the 1826 trial for his treasure hunting 
And they're none too happy to suddenly see him become a local celebrity because of his book filled with things that they're pretty sure he made up. So if you remember from episode two, in that treasure hunting trial, he basically was like, I told you I'd help you try to find treasure. I didn't guarantee that you would. So he gets acquitted. But that was only four years before this. So imagine if you were... Of like an eighth grader and someone was a dick to you and then you're a senior in high school and that person's running for congress you're gonna be like nah my dude it is now my mission to take you down so not exactly on that scale but it did happen to me um so not congress but this did kind of happen to me and his name is matt shively um <laughs> And I don't give a shit. You can Google this motherfucker. Uh, he was... Uh, th- here's where it sucks. It's because, like, I love television. I love it so much. Paige knows that I will watch... I actually... I, I had forgotten about this, but this is great. Yeah, yeah. I will watch TV so much, even if it's, like, children's TV. I don't give a shit. So, this guy went to school and was friends with, like, the older kids. And I knew them because of drama. And then, like, graduated, I think, before I got to high school. But this guy was a fucking dickhead. Just fuck this guy. And then I turn on the TV one day, and I'm watching uh, a a little-known show called True Jackson VP on Nickelodeon. And who do I see but Matt fucking Shively. Are you fucking kidding me? He's also in one of the... the... It's Paranormal Activity 4. Yeah, I was going to say the bad ones. Yeah. Um, before they gave it to Latinos and it became awesome again. Uh, but yeah, he's in Paranormal Activity 4. He sucks ass. Well, one of the famous stories of Matt Shively is that uh, during a play, there was a tea kettle and he peed in the tea kettle and they drank his pee because they didn't want anyone to like think that anything was amiss. Um, but also That's like... disgusting. It is gross, but also... Don't put anything in the fucking tea kettle. Just pretend to drink. Use space work. You're a fucking actor, for God's sake. True, true, true. Anyway, yeah. So He was also on the Purge TV series. Oh, was he now? Mm-hmm. And then he's done a lot of TV work. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he, I'm sure he has. And I'm fucking But nothing jealous. ever seems to go longer than about six episodes. No, so. no, of course not. Of course not. Because he keeps pissing into tea kettle. I guess some of it does, but it's nothing that it's nothing notable enough that you would have cared about it. I don't know. Since I was a child, I dreamed of being a part of the Purge universe. The extended. <laughs> you don't understand, Paige. The Purge was my Star Wars, okay? And he stole my dream. But I, yes, I'm all this to say, I understand how you could, if you see somebody who has personally wronged you or those that you care about succeeding, you're like, uh, hold on a second, because that guy actually sucks a ton of ass. (laughs) Oh, man. Was it also your dream to stand in a badly lit room while someone pulls fishing wire to close a door and make people think it was a ghost because he lived that out too i just was that part of it yeah actually the paranormal activity universe the extended uh p a universe <laughs> i why did that take my brain so long to figure out letters 
was also a dream of mine too. Um, <laughs> um well all the people that Joseph Smith had conned four years before mm-hmm. were still fucking pissed. They were so upset that they started interrupting baptisms at the church. <laughs> oh, that rocks. It fucks pretty hard. Um, And I'm picturing it. I don't know if did you get all the way through season two of Righteous Gemstones? Oh, yeah. Yes, I did. OK. At BJ's baptism, when uh baby Billy, Uncle Baby Billy mm-hmm. <laughs> sings his like song i'm picturing that and then people just like coming in with muskets just like there is a fountain filled with blood muskets um (laughs) so good oh my god i got to uh just as an aside by the way uh at the good morning from hell panel at rtx a while back uh i got to baptize chris damaris oh good lord and chris damaris was like uh okay (laughs) So I've put a straw, a very long straw in the bucket of water and I'm going to put the straw in my mouth and then I'm going to uh, let one side of the straw outside of it. And I'm going to do this secretly so no one sees me. And then I want you to grab the back of my head and then shove my head into the water and not let me up for any reason, even if I keep pounding on your hand. And it's okay because I have the straw. And he explained this to us and we all just kind of went... No, no. Yeah. So, so we, we will not be doing that. And instead, I will hold your head. I will dunk you down and I will hold your head above the water and you can be an actor and use fucking space work. <laughs> to be fair, though, I did fill the bucket with my own piss and it did take me a long you time. You pulled a shively. Yeah, exactly. But here's the here here's the great part, all right? I did dunk Chris in the bucket of water and I did enjoy uh really just getting him just neck deep in this freezing cold water. And then we finished the panel and did a quick Q&A and this fucking 12-year-old was like, "Hey Armando, have you ever been baptized?" and then got the crowd to chant baptize yeah. him. And they, and I'm not going to say no to a fucking bit. He knew. So, yeah, of, course of course, I go in there and I had to get baptized next. Oh, man. Yeah. So, if I wish that somebody had jumped in the middle of my baptism with a musket because I really didn't want to get my head wet. I was baptized in a parking lot. Whoa. So, anyone could have rolled up to that shit. Yeah. 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 Well, it was, they were, I think it was because they were doing a bunch of people at once. And the church we went to at the time didn't have a baptismal inside. Like the church we went to in high school had a baptismal in the church, Uh but this one didn't. So, it was like in the parking lot and it was actually warm. Like the water was actually not bad. And uh, I just remember getting dunked and then coming out and then walking around the parking lot fucking freezing because i was so wet um but yeah anyone could have driven up to that um so they would rush the baptisms Uh and then get the local police to arrest joseph smith for being disorderly now he wasn't necessarily being disorderly uh but it was just literally anything to get retribution anything to disturb him basically and prevent him from from doing his stuff so he would end up like spending a couple hours in jail and then come back out um 
but this just served to make him a martyr to the people who were already following him. Yeah, because now he's being prosecuted for trying to spread his word. Exactly. So one time, it was a particularly big baptism event, uh, and they did get him put away for disorderly for most of the day, but he does get acquitted. But by the time that happened, a mob had gathered, and so he claimed to have another revelation from Peter, James, and John themselves. Now, Armando, are you familiar with who Peter, James, and John are? I figured I might have to explain this. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure those are the original members of the Beatles. Yes. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, so they are apostles. Now, here's the interesting part. There's, uh, there's two Peters. There's Simon, who was called Peter, and then there's mm-hmm. Peter. Uh, but there's also James and then James, the brother of Jesus. Uh, and then there's multiple Johns. He does not distinguish who is who. Yeah. So he's just like, you know, Peter, James and John. And they're just like from the Bible. Yes. And but don't like John the Baptist. John like doesn't no questions. Um, but his vision said that he and Oliver Cowdery, who, if you remember, is the guy who helped him transcribe his fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Um they were called to a higher priesthood like Jesus's actual disciples, which mean that they have to get the fuck out of there. So they fled. And here's the problem. Oliver Cowdery has been with Joseph this entire time. He's helped him transcribe the book. He helped him publish the book. He has watched Joseph at work. He watched Joseph, yes, and his way into a best-selling novel. And yes, I am going to call it a novel. Um, so he decides to try his hand at it, along with a man named Hiram Page, who will be one of the eight witnesses that get to see the plates. Yes. Um, and that is also, it, it is a fantastic name, and it is the phrase that I yell anytime we see good fan art. I'm like, Hiram Page, Hiram, Hiram. get him on our side, Hiram Page. So they claim that they had visions of their own that Joseph maybe wasn't supposed to lead and they were supposed to lead. And Joseph hated that. Yeah, because they used his own fucking tactic against him and he's just sitting there like, oh, you fucking bitch. You Yeah, you fucking bitch. But I can't accuse you of being fake without me being fake. So he conveniently, Joseph has another vision claiming that only his visions are the right visions. And just to be safe, <laughs> he sends Cowdery and Page on a mission to preach the good word of Mormonism to the Native Americans and to find a land where Mormons would be safe from the legal consequences of Joseph's actions. And he called it New Jerusalem. <laughs> oh, that fucking rocks. I also like, I don't, I don't know. Never mind. I, I, I don't. I don't know how educated Joseph Smith is. It seems... Well, actually, I do, because we've done several episodes on him. Mm -hmm. But I'm willing to bet that part of him sending him out there was like, he's probably a fucking idiot racist who was like, yeah, go talk to the They're going to kill those guys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, see how much they like you. Uh, That's definitely part of it, although... They're not, they don't go alone. They take like a huge subsection of the church yeah. with them. But I think he also just wanted them out of the way. He oh. wanted them not 
in the mix. A hundred percent. Yeah, he fucking like. Oh, I actually had a vision that you have to, uh, you have to work uh, abroad now. You have to go yeah. very far away. Please and thank you. Yeah, I had a vision that now you pulled landscaping duty and your back's gonna hurt. Like that—that's <laughs> what it is. He's just like. Uh, I actually had a vision uh, that you're a little bitch boy. Yeah. So what's up? <laughs> what's up, dog? We doing this? And again, this is. I mean, this is at a time when a lot of people are trying to be missionaries to the Native Americans, and it's it's not great. It's killing a lot of them via disease, forced Catholicism, forced Mormonism, forced any number of things. And any number of the stories that Mormons have around the Native Americans and their interactions with Native Americans are questionable because yeah. there's two sides. There's the Mormon side of like, we were their friends. We can't believe they attacked us. And the Native American side of like, they shot at us. Like wh- what is happening? You know? Yeah. So also yeah. they believe that they're like, I, I don't know if we've gotten into it yet, but the fact that they believe like they're the true native americans and then like the racism that comes in later is real not fun and real bad um and i hate it so much but yeah that's actually that's more brigham young so we probably actually won't get to that in this series we'll probably get into it when we do brigham young yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Ugh, jesus christ i just like what the audacity of the white yeah. man to be like you know who needs to change their lifestyle is the people that have lived here peacefully <laughs> for hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of, of years, years before we ever got here and started causing problems they yeah. need to change everything hurry up and cough on these blankets we need to go improve people's lives like they're <laughs> assholes Fucking- total assholes <laughs> fucking ridiculous yeah horrible horrible colonizing bullshit um so joseph sends them away to get them out of the way um and he sends them to find new jerusalem now this is a reference to the book of revelation in which it said that god will build a new city with streets of gold and jewels and those who believe will live there peacefully for a thousand years so depending on your brand of jesus and or your interpretation of Revelation, you might interpret this a few different ways. Number one, if you're a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon, you might believe that the promised land of Zion, a.k.a. the Millennial Kingdom, a.k.a. New Jerusalem. A.k.a. Is, Wheezy F Baby. A.k.a. Wheezy F Baby and the F is for... Forever. Forever. Um, or at least a thousand years. Uh you may believe that God has prepared the place for you here on earth among us and that the golden jewels are metaphors to be interpreted as abundant resources and safety. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we're looking for a place that is capital F phenomenal. Yeah. 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 And the F is for fresh running water and latrines that we can easily access. Yeah. Um, And hopefully not mixing the two. Right, 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 right. Uh, Now, there are other interpretations. So if you're someone who takes Revelation very literally, you might believe that this is a different plane of existence that lives outside our current mortal consciousness and that we will attain either as part of the cycle of death or when Christ returns to earth. That's another interpretation of it. 
Or you could be someone who believes that Revelation is a political allegory for the Roman Empire and that New Jerusalem is a metaphor for the Jewish people finding a place of prosperity and a land of their own after being under Greek and then Roman rule and then subsequently a number of other, you know, countries ruling over them. Those are multiple interpretations of something that has a million different ways to interpret it. Uh, But most people fall in one of those three camps. So... Joseph claimed that he knew that New Jerusalem was out there in America. We just had to find it. And he was pretty sure it was in a magical place called Missouri. Uh, (laughs) So on their way to Missouri through Ohio, Cowdery and Page meet up with another group of homegrown Christianity. They meet up with people called the Campbellite Restoration Movement, uh, which... By the way, could probably have their own episode at some point, but we don't have that much time to get into it right now. But they're led at the time by a guy named Sidney Rigdon. Now, they are born out of the revival movement, and they believe that Christianity needed to go back to the ways of the early church, which essentially means commune living. This is cult 101. This is like... Every hippie cult ever is like, we got to be like the church in the book of Acts, man. Everyone sharing amongst each other, but also specifically you sharing your wives with my dick. Like that. Hell yeah. That vibe. Now we're Um, making some sense. Now I see why people are into this. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So they're a lot more communal, uh, but they're also more into the performative spiritual aspects of the religion. They've still got revival in them. So they are handling snakes, doing miracles, faith healing, speaking in tongues, having visions. It's a whole lot. <laughs> those are uh, those all sound like euphemisms for orgasming. Yeah. yeah. I was handling, handling snakes, snakes, speaking in tongues. I'm having <laughs> visions. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, after spending a few days with Cowdery and Paige... The entire group converts to Mormonism, which more than doubles their numbers. So now Cowdery and Page's faction of Mormonism is bigger than the one Joseph Smith has. But Rigdon, uh, Sidney Rigdon, is so inspired by Mormonism that he literally leaves his people, his congregation, with Cowdery and Page to continue on to Missouri. And he goes back to Pennsylvania to train directly under Joseph Smith. He is so enamored of Joseph Smith that now he kind of has loyalty from that group and to Joseph Smith, and it kind of knits the group back together a little bit. But the following year, uh, Joseph Smith, tired of pitchfork mobs where he was living, decides to move to Ohio to meet up with the group he had sent ahead. So they're all in Kirkland, Ohio. That's basically as far as they've made it. But what he found is not only had they embraced a form of commune living, but they were also doing all of the extra stuff that he had never done before, but had seen people do, except for the visions. And he wasn't about to be left out. So he kicked his bullshit into high gear. And, of course, as he always does... He conveniently has another vision. This one prompts him to establish the Order of Melchizedek, which is basically a high priesthood within the church. And it's a reference to uh, a man in the Bible that's referred to as both a king and a priest. Uh, He's a high priest, but he's also listed as the king of Salem uh, in both Genesis and the book of Joshua. 
And so there's some debate about his purpose in the Bible as, as far as like the story goes. There are multiple interpretations of him. A lot of people settle on just this idea that he was a very holy king and was very devout. And that's probably how that fits in. Um, but Joseph is banking on the shared knowledge of the name to make this sound cool. So he's banking on boosting people's ego by attaching the name Melchizedek to their order. So now they feel extra special. So even though they're speaking in tongues or whatever, he's recognizing that they're special, but not quite as special as him because no one's as special as him. No, 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 no. He's our special little boy. He's our bat boy. Special boy. boy. He's our bat boy. Yeah, getting his bat blown out. Yeah. Um, you know, flapping himself raw. So (laughs) over the next four years, all the Mormons, all of them start to move to Ohio, um, in part because that's where Joseph is. And they're expecting Joseph to lead them to New Jerusalem, um, a kingdom of happiness that will last a thousand years. And Cowdery and Page had discovered that they believed they had found New Jerusalem in Jackson County, Missouri. Uh, within that county, they were very focused on a small town called Independence. But Sidney Rigdon disagreed and took his half of the church with him. So for the next couple years, Sidney Rigdon's church stays in Ohio and the rest of the church moves on to Missouri. And Joseph splits his time between the two to avoid fights between the two factions. Oh, okay. That's not at all how I thought that was going to go. I thought right. that like this would become like a whole other thing, but he's still Granddaddy Joseph over them. He's still Granddaddy Joseph over them. Um, but here's the problem: Ohio, Kirkland, Ohio, Sucks. was not. Yeah, well, it's not fucking ready for thousands of Mormons to just show up and take over the town. If you saw the documentary Wild Wild Country. And all the townspeople, when the Rajneeshis descended on that town in Oregon, that's this. That's all of a sudden your town is overrun by people who all work together, move together, and are actively trying to take over your town. So Ohio got pretty fucking tired of it. And a mob formed, as seems to be the case wherever Joseph Smith goes. Um, And remember, if you'll remember from the very first episode he had done a land deal in ohio where he like sold land that wasn't his if i remember correctly yeah yeah so like he had been doing some dealings in ohio um so there's a number of reasons for people to like not be on board uh so a mob forms beats them nearly to death they they pull smith and rigdon specifically out beat them in the streets And then tar and feather them. Oh, my God. But they survived, which I thought was crazy until I started researching tarring and feathering a little bit. So are you ready for a little sidetrack into the world of tarring and feathering? Yes, please explain to me how you can turn an ordinary man into a giant chicken. Absolutely. So when we think of tar, we're thinking of the asphalt that we use on roads, which is typically stored in a liquid state at about 300 degrees Fahrenheit. And applying that to somebody's skin would cause fatal burns. However, in the 18th century and the 19th century, as we're dealing with here, tar usually meant pine tar. 
and it was used for a number of purposes, mostly in shipbuilding and construction. But it doesn't have to be very hot to be sticky. Um, sometimes they would warm it up to make it flow more easily, but typically it was at 140 degrees or under. So while that's a little warm and it could cause minor burns, it's definitely not going to kill you the way that tar that we think of as tar would. Yeah. In fact, uh, yep, 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 yep. I have figured this out. So I, when you, as soon as you said uh, pine tar, it started uh, 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 fucking, it like set off alarms in my head because uh, one modern use, quote unquote use for pine tar yes. is in baseball for cheating. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it is extremely tacky uh, and not like tacky, like having it's gold sticky. plates yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um although having a bunch of gold plates in your house or saying that you have them and lying about it both are extremely tacky i mean if you think about it you know that twitter meme where it's like two things and then shaking hands and then a thing at the bottom it's joseph smith baseball stealing plates <laughs> <laughs> and then also uh baseball joseph smith covered in pine tar I'm covered in pine tar yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, fuck, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, of course when you say tar, I think of tar, like asphalt. But I have right. already, I was already familiar with the extremely sticky substance of pine tar. Right. Um, and while it could injure somebody, most people who were tarred and feathered survived. Um, in fact, there are accounts that say hot pitch was poured upon him, which blistered his skin. But that's the worst that it, it happens. It's like a sunburn, basically. Um, in fact... A lot of other victims don't even mention burns, more just that it was difficult to clean up because (laughs) rioters were applying the tar with a mop or brush, which means that it cools a lot faster than it would if you just poured it on somebody. Um, And sometimes they tarred people over their clothing and at that point people didn't get hurt at all. Um, So it can cause pain and discomfort and inconvenience, especially if people do it well. Uh, but it was supposed to mostly just be embarrassing. They would often perform the act in public. Um, but there's no examples or at least recorded examples of people in revolutionary America dying from being tarred and, tarred and feathered alone. They may have been beaten before it happened and that could have contributed. But if you were just tarred and feathered, people didn't die from it. Is, so is there this, you go. Is this one of those things that was like, only used by mobs or was it like an Typically, official punishment yeah. no this is mob justice this okay. is vigilante justice okay all right yeah there, i feel like this is something that i must have gotten from like cartoons or something is that like people would be sentenced to be tarred and feathered yeah um, which is just like yeah it's fucking goofy it's a goofy ass like thing to happen to you and obviously i hope no one's skin gets burnt ever but like it's kind of funny. It's a little yeah. funny. I mean, I just pictured people peeling it off after and being like, this is going to take fucking... I'm going to have to shave my head. Just like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they, as soon as they survive being tarred and feathered, make a break for Missouri. But in Missouri, things were not much better because locals were getting mad at all the incoming Mormons taking their jobs. It's the same problem, just a different place. And tensions were high in Missouri until July of 1833, when non-Mormons forcibly evicted the Mormons in Jackson County and destroyed their property. 
And at the time, Joseph Smith advised them not to fight back until they were attacked multiple times. But then he sees them literally being, you know, evicted from their homes. Fire, a firefight breaks out. So basically shots are exchanged. One Mormon dies, two non-Mormons die. And they are battered after this altercation. And at that point, Smith is like, we're done being peaceful commune people. It's time to fucking like strap up. Oh yeah. Well, especially because like they've already been tarred and feathered. Then they got battered. The next option is they'll get fried. I know. And they'll have the delicious cane sauce to go with it. Mm. So he changes the name of the church to the church of Latter-day Saints. And he forms a paramilitary group that he calls Zion's camp. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. I No one could see my face, but paramilitary group got me to go like, whoa. And then the name was like, oh, okay. Well, this first paramilitary, I, I guess, adventure uh, is a failure. Uh, they were outnumbered. Uh, a lot of people were like, I did not sign up for this at church. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they also suffered a cholera outbreak, which killed a bunch of them. However... The big thing that happens is that a lot of the people who then go on to be leaders in the church later on come out of this paramilitary group. Um, Namely, uh, Brigham Young is in this group. He's kind of one of the ones that comes up in this time. Um, But essentially, Joseph Smith is fed the fuck up and he's going to fight back. So they retreat to Ohio because they've been ousted from Missouri And Joseph starts making new rules about how the church was organized. And I could bore you with it, but it's basically just groups within groups within other groups. And it's not worth talking about. Uh, It's not going to stay the structure for long. No, Um, he's making uh, cell groups like we saw with like Heaven's Gate and shit. When you when you start getting persecuted, this is like typical cult shit. Yeah. But all of this wasn't enough of a distraction from Joseph's admittedly odd behavior And some of the other leaders under him that wanted to seize control were starting to capitalize on it. So Joseph had gotten the entire church into a pyramid scheme. In January 1837, he and a handful of other church leaders created a joint stock company called the Kirtland Safety Society Anti-Banking Company to act as kind of a bank just for Mormons. And the company issued its own banknotes Uh, And they were backed by real estate. And Joseph Smith encouraged literally everyone to buy these banknotes and these bonds. And he invested in them himself. But the bank failed within a month. Unfortunately, it happened to be the month in which they were trying to build their temple in Kirtland. So they literally are bankrupt. The church is bankrupt. Joseph is almost bankrupt. But even weirder. Everyone was pretty sure that Joseph was fucking one of the teenage servants in his house, a girl named Fanny Alger. And mainly they thought this because Oliver Cowdery had told them that it was definitely happening because he was basically starting rumors at this point. We don't know for sure at this point. I I think later on it's pretty definitive that it was happening. We don't know when it starts, Uh, but Fanny is listed as potentially being his first plural wife as they refer to multiple wives as Um, plural wives plural marriage oh my god all right so you're telling me 
that Joseph Smith basically starts up Joe Coin, the first, yes. the world's first cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Except then, the crypt in crypto stands for the crypt that Jesus rose out of in three days. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, I wish we would go back to the three-day boulders uh, standard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish everything was still backed by 30 pieces of silver. Uh, We need to return to the gold plate standard, which is (laughs) what I call banking because I've never seen it. I don't understand it, but I blindly believe in it. And Fort Knox is like, we definitely have them. We definitely have the gold plates. (laughs) Uh, Well, anyway, Fort Knox is where they hide Bat Boy. So I don't believe anything that they say. More like Fort Hard Knocks. <laughs> so Joseph is in the thick of it. Everyone's mad that they lost their money. They're pretty sure he's cheating on Emma. Uh, and in the midst of this, the county issues a warrant for his arrest on the charge of banking fraud mm. because of the fake bank that he set up. Uh, and so he and Sidney Rigdon flee to Missouri again. So they're just going back and forth between Ohio and Missouri. But this time they settle in a different place. They go to a place called Far West, Missouri, and they start construction on a new temple with borrowed money. But just like in Ohio, all the Mormons come to join them and the locals don't take it well. The differences between them, both political and religious, uh, provoke tensions, as it has now twice before. Um, but this time Smith isn't fucking around. And so he literally arms his entire congregation, uh, and basically instructs them to be deadly militant against anti-Mormons. So. Yeah. I mean, you're saying it like it's a bad thing. This is what Jesus himself would have wanted. I mean, yeah. So in June of 1838, a man named Samson Avard, who was newly Mormon. He had just recently joined, but he forms an organization within the group called the Day Knights that is literally a vigilante Mormon squad that goes after anyone who basically espouses anti-Mormon sentiment. And Joseph Smith claims that he didn't know about their activities and didn't have anything to do with it. That is questionable, of course. Yeah. Yeah. He had his own secret police. We know what's up. Right. But he's, Um, I mean, but he has no power. So it's just, they're literally a secret because no one knows about them. Right. And they start preaching that anyone who disagrees with them has no place in their community, both physical and religious. And the Danites become, or Danites, it might be Danites. It's spelled, anyway, Danites, uh, forcibly expel them. Like, like kidnap drop them off like gone so now they're forcing non-mormons out the way that they were forced out previously um and in august 6th of 1838 uh non-mormons in the next town over try to prevent mormons from voting and this begins what comes to be known as the 1838 mormon war where non-mormon vigilantes raid and burn mormon farms like viking style while the Danites and other Mormons pillage non-Mormon towns. In the Battle of Crooked River, they actually end up attacking the Missouri State Militia, believing them to just be anti-Mormon vigilantes. And so the governor of Missouri ordered that Mormons be exterminated or driven from the state. 
What? Uh, okay. Well, hold on. That's Exterminated not. Exterminated or driven from the state. That's not. That's that's not good. Uh, at no. all. No, it's not good. And on October 30th, just a couple months later, a group of Missouri vigilantes, not necessarily the groups they were dealing with before, they surprised and killed 17 Mormons in what became known as Hans Mills Massacre. So the following day, the Mormons surrender to the state troopers and agree to leave the state. So Joseph Smith is immediately... Uh, charged and brought before a military court and he's accused of treason because they've been fighting the state troopers and he's sentenced to be executed. Um, However, one of the men responsible for carrying out that execution used to be Smith's attorney and was Mormon or at least was friendly to the Mormons and refuses to carry out the execution order. That seems like a conflict of interest. I'm glad that it happened. I don't think he should have been necessarily murdered or executed over this, but yeah, there's just, there's a lot of funk going on on both sides is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Oh yeah. So Joseph Smith is then sent to a state court for a pr- preliminary hearing to basically be like executed by the governor's office. Like, It has now escalated. The preliminary hearing that happens does not go well. It looks like he's probably going to be executed. They're charged with overt acts of treason, and they're transferred to the jail in Liberty, Missouri, to await trial. And he stays there for months. Um, And he and Rigdon end up in jail together, and it ruins their relationship. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to stay friends with somebody, never live together. Right. Meanwhile, Brigham Young did not end up going to prison. He's not part of the group that actually gets convicted and goes. So he leads 14,000 Mormon refugees to Illinois and Iowa away from Missouri, where they are basically not welcome. Um, But Joseph Smith sits in prison for a few months, uh, knowing that he has probably already lost this trial. He issues apologies for the Danites. Um, he apologizes to people who think he's a fallen prophet, uh, but claims that he's still having visions. He's still the guy. Um, and he directs his followers to basically collect and publish their stories of persecution to basically tell their side of the story. Um, and he tells them to basically stop fighting with the non-Mormons. But nevertheless, on April 6th, 1839, he's about to be charged and essentially sentenced to execution and he and Rigdon and his other companions in prison escape custody. Uh, It's believed that they probably bought off the sheriff and the guards or there were Mormons that were also sheriffs and guards, Uh, but they escape custody and flee out into what will become, uh, I believe it's Nauvoo. I forget how many ways people corrected me about how it is spelled. Uh, <laughs> I Navo. think it was um, He escapes to Nauvoo where they do temporarily set up a, like a Mormon city state. And that's where we'll pick up next week. Hell yeah. I like to imagine that just like in Spanish, the V is actually pronounced like a B and it's Naboo. And the guard that set them free was just like, 
Peace, I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> and it's fucking Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be using the keys, Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's we did a. Uh, you and I did a uh, cult gameplay with Funhouse, and a joke that they ended up cutting out is we kept doing the Jar Jar voice. And at <laughs> one point, the way that it ends is I go, Misa, not sure if this accent is okay. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who will lead us to the new Jerusalem. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God, I, wow, this guy, it, from fucking zero to a hundred real quick, like we were doing some, some uh, relatively harmless cons. I mean, yeah, you're like conning hardworking farmers out of their fucking money and shit, but realistically, not terrible everyone seems to be consenting and then straight into the mormon wars yeah full-on military uh groups paramilitary groups what the fuck i know like it and they i mean this is a time when guns suck as you remember from our our strangite strangite episodes um and this is no different i mean like guns suck the militia is brutal like they are ripping people from their homes like it is a bloody feud it is dark um but that's kind of how they end up splitting off into the different factions that they end up in this is kind of how it all falls apart yeah yeah i would assume that uh if one of our leaders led us into a war like okay if if (laughs) if the listeners of cult podcast if page was like hey we should like all live like a cool life and do whatever we want to do and like have freedom and be happy and then me armando was like fuck that we're going to war with every other true crime podcast i want you to find a person who listens to any podcast show and just beat the shit out of them <laughs> it's like yeah that okay so that's why cult podcast split into two different groups that's why right, page right, kept right. cult podcast and armando started a group called uh uh, uh, kill them all. <laughs> I was gonna say pod cult. Pod cult, um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The pod cult, the cult podcast, paramilitary death squad, sponsored by Blue Apron. <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm gonna turn that Blue Apron purple because of the blood. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Jesus fucking Christ, this is wild. Well, hey, you know what? I'm excited to hear where we go next, uh, but if you're excited to hear where I am right now, it's Europe. That's right, baby. I'm in Paris or Amsterdam or Luxembourg, which uh, is both the city and the country, and uh, it's very fun, and I'm having a blast, I assume. If you want to get tickets to come see me at a show, go to www.mondodustuff.com. Um I'm trying to be Amelie, honestly. I'm trying to go to nice. Paris and I'm trying nice. to run everyone's life. And uh, I want that cute little song. And uh, yeah. Also, I want to go to Italy and eat Chef Boyardee just to see what happens. I mean, I think you'll have a hard time finding it there, but. Oh, I'm bringing it. I'm checking oh, a great, bag great, great, full great. of Chef Boyardee. Perfect. I checked a bag of Oreos and peanut butter one time that I went to Europe. <laughs> I want to so, yeah. bring a bucket of snails and tell them to cook it for me. 
Um, Escargo is delicious. There's a restaurant in my neighborhood that makes it. Highly recommend. I will not be trying it. You cannot convince me otherwise. I don't care how good it is. I've, I'm, I can't. I can't. The thought of it. I can barely, barely eat shellfish anymore. Because the other mm. day I got a lobster and I turned it over and I saw the little legs and I realized it's just a cockroach. Yeah, they're a giant sea bug. Yeah, I know that. And I know that, but I don't have to think about it. And that's what lets me allow myself to eat it. But with a snail, I know it's a snail. And I've seen snails. And I know what the texture is going to be like. And I can't. It's a little chewy. But <sighs> it's basically just cha- tastes like garlic and butter. Yeah, well, then I'll just eat garlic and butter. That's fine, that's Paige. That's I have fair. no shame. That's fair. So, yeah. Uh, check me out. That's my website. Also, find me at Mondo Does Stuff on all social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch. Uh, although, obviously, I'm not Twitch streaming right now because I'm in Europe, baby. Avoiding the snails and punching every French person I see. Je ne sais quoi. And then I fucking hit him in the face. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to catch a case casse. Uh, casse. That didn't really work but catch a case all right i'm done i'm good thank you so much good night forever bye (laughs) Bye. uh it's your girl Paige. i'm here every week and right now i am catching up on sleep but hey hey, if there are shows i'll post them on all my socials you can follow me on instagram at page what oh wait brain broken you could follow me on instagram at rampage wesley also on tiktok uh and at page wesley on twitter uh bye i love you so much bye yeah and if you want to listen to the show well you're already doing that if you want to follow the show while you listen to the show you can go follow us on instagram at cult podcast or on twitter at cult podcast show you can also send us an email to cult podcast show at gmail.com or if you want to send us uh, a map of where you think the the new Jerusalem is. <laughs> you can send that to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like, like the, shining. the Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. Extra points for crayons or finger paint. Mm, there we go. And also, mm-hmm. I want to take a second to say, Paige is being so fucking modest because I just realized Paige is like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm taking it easy. I'm just going to be at home. She says, hosting like four fucking podcasts. Uh, so go listen to Horror Virgin, Romancing the Pod, Cult Podcast, a bunch of other really fun stuff as well. Um, yeah, dog. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't sleep enough. That's why I'm catching up on it right now. Hell yeah. I can't wait to be nine hours ahead and completely jet lagged for two weeks, get kind of used to it, and then immediately come back come to back. America. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Gonna be a blast. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be it for us. Yeah, and I, I think for this one I'm gonna say don't drink from the well of paramilitary hate Mm. um don't persecute your neighbors Mm. Mm. and don't drink the kool-aid bye